Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon. This is your call to worship for the third Saturday in August. This is August the 17th, 2019. I bring you greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, and we say welcome. God is altogether holy, pure, and righteous. Indeed, he is a consuming fire. So let us offer to him acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Once again, it's a privilege and a pleasure to have you here to worship together with us. To all of our regular listeners, and worshipers, and to all of our new listeners, it's an honor and it's a privilege to have you here. And we want to remind you, as always, that when Pastor 
planted this church, she had you in mind. And when you think about that, we have to really thank her because you don't have to wonder when you come if someone understands what you're going through. God put it on her heart and her mind to have a place where we could come and that we know that we're not alone, that someone knows what exactly you're going through. So this place called Refuge from the Storm Church, this body of Christ, this environment, this place where we come to meet with God and to worship and to praise God, is here to serve as a source of hope, encouragement, and purpose for all targeted individuals in North America, and not just in North America, but around the world. And so we really have to thank God first and pastor that we get communication from people all around the world, searching and reaching and trying to make the connection with PIs who understand what they're going through. So that's what we're in place to do. And we hope that we're meeting that spiritual goal, that this is a rest stop for people who are looking for encouragement and that we could do that. So we thank God for this place today. So God says in his word, remember the things that I have done in the past, for I alone am God. There is none other like me. He said, for I am the Lord. And if I say it, I will make it happen. So just know that God is always working on our behalf. So we thank you for being here today. And please come again next Saturday. And invite another TI to come with you. So we ask you to please come again. And thank you for being here. Now today, our serving uh, team during worship service will, of course, be Pastor Black, and then we have the anointed preaching and teaching team of Minister Pamela and Pastor Terrence Wilson, and they will be bringing the preach word of the hour, and we have Elder Carolyn Cunningham will serve as the worship leader, and Sister Cheryl Miller Harvey will be our psalmist for today and she will sing our opening song. And Sister Helena Thompson serves as our uh, talk show manager, and Sister Cheryl also serves as our assistant talk show manager. And Sister Kim Straub will lead us in our altar prayer today. And Sister Kim will also lead us in our invitation to discipleship. Now let me remind you, of our upcoming meetings for the week. Now, don't forget to join us, please, for our Wednesday Night Live Bible study. We'll continue our study using the book, Possessing the Gates of the Enemy, by uh, Cindy Jacobs. We'll be continuing our study through October the 2nd, 2019, And this coming week's uh, study title will be Prophetic Intercession. Our scheduled start time will be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 
7 p.m. Central Standard Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. That's prophetic intercession. And to complement our study, uh, remember we have our Wednesday time of fasting. That's sunrise to sunset. Uh, But we ask you to please follow the leading of the Holy Spirit if you have any health concerns. And we hope that through this time of fasting, you're drawing nearer to God and focusing on him. Now, we also, through the summer months, are continuing our early morning weekday prayer call, and we are um, having our call three days a week, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, and our scheduled start time is 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 3.30 a.m. Pacific Time. And remember, there's multiplied power in the prayer of agreement. So please join us uh, one or all three of these mornings. That's our early morning weekday prayer call. Also through the rest of the year, our prayer focus for the church is growth in the body of Christ. That's spiritual and numerical growth as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness as we lift up Christ. Uh, We seek a spirit of unity, the spirit of outreach, the spirit of benevolence, the spirit of hospitality as others come and join in with the body of Christ, and a burden of intercession according to God's will. Now remember, our daily prayer guide continues to be uh, listed in the newsletter, and this weekend, well, in fact, today, our Prayer is for the unreached, and the prayer is that all barriers to reach the unreached will be lifted. Now, a reminder that once a worship service has begun, um, we will mute all of our callers to guard against un- any unwanted uh, abrupt interruptions from outside intrusions, which we have from time to time. So we apologize uh, for that. But we do encourage you to continue your praise and worship where you are. Uh, please don't let that be a deterrent uh, to your praise and worship in your, in your homes. Now I want to call your attention to one additional thing, well, a couple of things. Uh, if you have any prayer requests during the week, please remember that you can go to our website, that's refugefromthestormchurch.org, and uh, please your send your prayer requests, and that will get to Pastor Millicent and our minister, Juanita Purdy. And please take note that Pastor Millicent has a very beautiful uh, devotional written in the newsletter this week, and it's titled, Please Help Me Break the Silence. And it's just um, urging us to be cognizant of the fact that as we're all TIs and we all each have a personal story regarding our our targeting, uh, that we all need to be open to telling our story and Uh, being open to listening to the stories of others and bearing each other's burdens. And um, as others 
desire to tell our stories to us. So uh, she may speak to that issue a little bit later. So please just read her uh, devotional and uh, respond accordingly. So I thank you for your attention to the announcements. And if you need a reminder for the announcements, please go to the newsletter and or the website. And now if all of our hearts and our minds are clear, we're going to move a little bit further in the worship service, and we do ask the Holy Spirit, uh, who's already with us, we do invite the Holy Spirit to inhabit our praises and our worship as we uh, go further in our praise, our proclamations, our prayers, and the preach word to free flow, free flow freely among us in our homes, and all through every part of this service as we offer our praises to our Lord. And after Sister Cheryl has come and offered up a beautiful song, we will turn over the worship service to Elder Carolyn. And please be blessed during our worship service today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. God, how beautiful your holy word that formed the world in such goodness. Oh, the shame that we would spurn it all to turn and fall into darkness. God will sing how through your son you turn this loss and her it into glory. How when scorned and death you raise him up, his gains become the whole world's So let all things rise and bless your name. All things made bright and new again. Oh, Lord, our God, your goodness is free and boundless, is reaching endless. Through it all. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. And on this road, with every step we take, your faithfulness is our portion. You've prepared a city bright and fair whose gates forever stay open. Son of God, in you we've taken up the way of love's occupation. Know the joy to share in your reward the stunning turn of new creation 
So let all things rise and bless your name. All things made right and new again. Let all things rise and bless your name. All things made right and new again. Oh, Lord, our God, your goodness is free and boundless, is reaching endless through it all. And just as you promised, God, your son was raised. In him we'll follow. In him we'll all be raised. Oh, Lord, you've made yourself a home. Heaven and earth forever one. All things once sown in weakness. You raise and promise your beauty arches above it all. All things once sown in weakness. You raise and promise your beauty arches above it all. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sister Cheryl. What a beautiful hymn. Amen. 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 Elder Carolyn. Yes. I just want to ask everyone to please mute your own phones, please. Please put your own phones on mute. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Millicent. The scripture selected today is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 11. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for holding us so lovingly in your arms and for bearing our pain when we no longer can. Father God, Almighty God, you have given your only Son to be for us a sacrifice for sin and also an example of godly life. Give us grace to receive, thankfully, the fruits of his redeeming work and to follow daily in the blessed steps of his most holy life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit one God, now, and forever. Amen. Now let us listen to a recorded praise and worship song, which will be followed immediately by the altar prayer. Sister Kim will offer it today. Thank you. 
He was fighting to pursue the separation of them like rifles. Dear Father, we ask you to bless and comfort everyone on this call and all of those persecuted around the world. And please comfort those suffering. God, make our straight our path straight. Guide us forward to do your will. Not our will, but yours. Help us to focus on your plan and not the ways of the world. Keep us from the snares of the evil one. Please protect us from those who bring calamity on the world. As your word says, Isaiah 40, 31, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In Isaiah 40, 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. We know that your word is true. Thank you for the Bible and for the instructions in the Bible on how we're to live our lives and truly be holy. We pray for our leaders. We ask that you open their hearts so they can know you and be guided by you for every decision they make. Please convict them to lead in a just manner and protect the oppressed and persecuted. Please forgive us of our sins when we fall short of your plan or when we hurt another person or hold grudges or become angry at perpetrators. Please open our hearts to others needing help 
and help us to focus on others and not ourselves. And to get caught, and we do not want to get caught up in our own struggle. Please help us not to do that. And please give us courage to stand by those who are persecuted and denied their civil and human rights. And please bring God-fearing and God-loving advisors around our leaders and give them discernment. Thank you for hearing the cries of the children suffering from the hands of evil. Please, God, bring justice for the victim. Dear Lord, we pray you will open the eyes and hearts of every righteous person to the evil being perpetrated against innocent people around the world. Please give these righteous people courage and motivation to act and to protect those persecuted. And dear Father, we ask that you give us grace, grace to forgive those who have oppressed us and abused their authority and have caused suffering. Dear Lord, please take away any resentment in our heart and just fill us with your love and your Holy Spirit. And please come into our lives and cover us with the blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister Kim, for your passionate plea to our Lord on our behalf. Now, to all worshipers, this is your invitation to giving. Our church, Refuge from the Storm, provides refuge from targeting by attending to the spiritual needs of those of us who are targeted. But we are also similar to other organizations in the targeted community and that we have financial needs to accomplish our goals. So for those listeners who are able, we'd like you to consider making a financial contribution. You can do it in any way you'd like and in any amount. We welcome one-time donations as well as weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual contributions. To make your contribution, please contact either the pastor, Reverend Millicent, by email at mgrace321 at gmail.com Please mute your phones, everyone. Or contact Sister Gloria, our administrative assistant at refugefromstorm at aol.com Lastly, you can go to our website at Refuge from the Storm Church dot org. Thank you. Now, in preparation for the message today, which will be delivered by Minister Pam and her husband, Pastor Terrence Wilson, let us listen to a praise and worship song. Excuse the interruption. Ministers Pamela and Terrence, can you hear me? 
Yes. Yes. Um, I'm wondering, would you like me to play your selection before or after your message, and would you like to introduce it? Which would you prefer? You could play it before, and um, I don't. I don't need it. It's it kind of a self-explanatory. Okay. Just Thank small, you. Please. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, not a month goes by where I don't get a call at my institute by someone telling me that someone in the government implanted these things in their brain without them knowing. I'm not kidding. Now you may say, this doesn't concern me, or my children, or my community, but this is less and less true. Once we let the proverbial cat out of the bag, well, at that point, now we let loose science and technology in the broader public sphere. And this then gets us into the actually derivative social issues. You could buy the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the Pentagon, which sounds very important. <laughs> the individuals, the groups, the politics and the societies that have the most sophisticated tools and perhaps weapons win. Out of disclosure, some of the work that I'm doing here today is funded by the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratories. I'm also funded by the European Union Human Brain That might be the wrong song, sorry. Project 12, where I'm task leader for dual-use brain science. And I've also done some ongoing work with the Strategic Multi-Level Assessment Crew over the past 10 years at the Pentagon, at Dr. Tabayan's group, and with DARPA. Military agenda is interested on the potential weaponization and misuse of brain sciences for nefarious agenda for political intelligence and military use. I give you no science fiction in this lecture. I only give you science fact. That makes sense. You just cut that out. You just cut that out. It represents the reality of what we're capable of doing with the brain science. See, nanocells are real small, a thousand times smaller than these dust particulates. You inhale it, they go to work replicating, spreading like a virus, multiplying in exponentials. Six months' time, I could have a hundred million people converted. It's figures, porn stars, and presidents. Not one would be the wiser. A hundred million people would buy what I want them to buy and do pretty much damn well anything I figure they ought to do. I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, not a month goes by where I don't get a call at my institute by someone telling me that someone in the government implanted these things in their brain without them knowing. I'm not kidding. There are those that think, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. The last sanctified space is that of my consciousness, and you're using this stuff to invade that? You're right. Can you hear me? Can anyone hear me? Technology always brought man to the front of a new era. Yes. Okay, the song is named, I Want to Make Heaven My Home. And now we and I don't all know have arrived that is. It's the link that I sent is coming history. right. It's coming on the right song when I'm looking at it. Which one are you looking into at? The Matrix for real. I'm not kidding. You can look around you and see it happening in real time. We have reached a new milestone. Alisa, can you? Just have it stop and I, I'll just play it from my phone. Okay, I don't know what that one. This one that I sent, I'm going to play it right from the same link. It's called I Want to Make Heaven My Home. So hold on one second. Oh, okay. Sorry about that.
While we're waiting, is it possible? Can you hear it now? Oh, you don't have it. If you if you unmute me on the um, I'm on my on the dial in, then you can hear it. I think. Can you hear it now? I I can hear it. Okay, good. I'm gonna hang up this phone. It cut off. I'm going to play it now. Oh, 
still hear me and I gotta make sure that I'm using the um, I'm using the computer call-in one so I, I haven't done this very much I usually use the telephone so can I be heard clearly by everyone yes can everyone hear, hear me Everyone here? I don't know if I need to call you. Yeah. Okay, so everyone can hear me. Okay, good. I see I see a lot of people on here. Um one, two, three, four. I see everybody. And uh, thank you for indulging me this evening and bearing with me. We had a few technical difficulties. The song that I um, sent Sister Mil uh, Sister Millicent Dr. Black was I want to make heaven my home. And it's a timely song because as we live in this world, we just have to be very grateful that we have something better than this at the end of our lives or when Jesus comes. And so I think a lot, I talk a lot, and I preach a lot about heaven because it is our home. And there's a, many songs about that one that says we're not home yet, one that says we have a heavenly home, we have a place that's better than this. And someone asked me recently, I think I mentioned this to you, that they said, you mean you really believe that, there's a real, that heaven's a real place? I said, absolutely, I do. And absolutely, I've seen it and I'm going there. So I want to talk today about, um, and my husband's here because he came in a little late, so he's going to be joining me just fine here. Um, our topic today is we are not of this world. The reason why I believe that this is very, very timely is because you can look around this world 
everywhere you look on the news, and I, I'm very, I try not to watch it very much because there is so many negative things happening, are so many negative things happening. You have a mass shooting somewhere, you have someone, you know, defying um, the law to do, to do all kinds of evil things. And then you have all this political unrest. And it's very, there's a lot of turmoil. The Bible says in the last days that there'll be nation against nation, um, ethnos against ethnos. Some people, so that's another way of saying it. I believe that's in the Greek. There's talk about people that despise our country. There's people that love our country enough to break the law to get in it. There's people that, there's a lot of talk about, of course, all the dispute about who gets to come in and who doesn't and what happens after they get here. And there's a lot. And this is what the, this is exactly what the Bible says what's going to happen in the last days. But for us as Christians, we can understand everything. We can be aware because we should be aware. Jesus told us to watch as well as pray. We can be educated about what's going on because it's going to affect us some way or another. But we don't have to be a part of it. There's, we know the scripture that says we're in the world and not of the world. And I believe that, and I, I'm glad that I'm not of this world. Because Jesus said he is not of this world, and I want to be like him. Am I like him every day? Oh, no. But I would really love to be more like him every day. So I'm going to start off with um, I'm asking my husband to greet us, and um, then um, we'll go into the work. Okay, I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, honey, for allowing me to participate in this. As I'm going to clear my throat, as we were talking about, we are not of this world. And as uh, the white panel was saying, that nation would eyes up against nation and the shootings. One of the things I wanted to point out is that if you are living for this life only, then you cannot be of the Father. Because the Bible says the love of the Father is not in you. You love the things of this world. Now, there are some beautiful things and places in this world. Uh, this world is being turned wicked and colder. One of the things they did when they interrogated one of the shooters that just took place in Ohio or the one in uh, El Paso, Texas, I don't know which one survived, but is in custody right now, and his life is wrong. They asked him why he did it. He said he just wanted to see how it feels to destroy other people's lives. That is nothing but the spirit of Satan. That was in the interview they gave out. They got out from one of the interrogators. So what I'm saying is we are not of this world because we have a heavenly home. Now, even the thief on the cross realized there got to be more to life than me just hanging on his cross with Jesus. Something is better got to come out of this. Now, let me tell you something. If you notice one thing about 30 years ago, I noticed that the shootings are becoming more rampant and rampant and rampant. And Jesus said, be not deceived that in the last days, the world will be filled with violence, the last days. Now, nation against nation, I'll talk about that a little later. So in John 17, 16, I like when Jesus said, and he was uh, ministering, this is really right before he went to the cross, he was praying. This is his, one of his intercessory prayers to the Father. And he said, he asked God to sanctify and keep his disciples in saying, John 17, 16, they are not of this world. Just as I am none of this world. I'm going to read it. I'm just going to go up a little further than 16. Okay, I'm going to go and 
I'll just start back at this beginning of John 17, and then I'm going to skip, skip down to the other part. Jesus spoke these words and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. As you had given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work that you have given me to do. And now, O oh Father, glorify me together with yourself. And then I'm going to skip down to, um, he was just saying that he, he prays for, he does not pray for the world, but for those you have given me, because they are yours. And he wasn't being mean when he didn't pray for the world. He was knowing that at, there's some people that would never receive him, at, and, and even as much as he interceded for them, that they will never turn. And there's some people that are going to end in that way. And, and verse 10, he says, all and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I'm glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but these are in the world. So I come to you, Holy Father, I'm asking you to keep them uh, through your name, those who you have given me, that they might be one as we are one. Okay, and then I'm going to skip back down to, um, oh, I've given them your word and the world has hated them. I did not pray that you should take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from the wicked one, uh, uh, the evil one. Sanctify them with your truth, the word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. And for your sakes, I sanctify myself that they may also be sanctified by the truth. Okay, so he clearly says, many times that he is not of this world. So that's the first point that we can separate ourselves from, that Jesus himself said, we're not of this world. He said our citizenship is in heaven. So if we're not of this world, where are we? We're a citizen of heaven. Now, citizenship is a huge thing. It's related to a career that I was closely aligned to and, um, and still am because I'm really hoping that, that our nation would do better in certain things that need to be fixed. Um, but as much as people love our nation, and we are the most immigrated into nations in, on the planet, more people want to come and live here in the United States of America than they want to live anywhere else. We have more, more people desiring to be immigrants. And I think for a long time, we took in more immigrants than almost anybody in the world. I, I believe that's to, to be true. So citizenship is a huge thing. I've been at citizenship, and my husband can tell you what it's like when people become a citizen. Describe because you, when you saw it for the first time. When I was at one of the places where it was happening, I ran into a lady after one of the ceremonies. She must have been in her 60s. She said she spent 10 years, because she was from a, the Congo, uh, which is in Africa. She said it took her 10 years to become a U.S. citizen. And she says, sir, I don't mean to be but it's just I just cannot stop crying because a lot of people here don't realize the country that I come from, the war-torn country that I come from, we had to run for our lives. And she said that for the United States to embrace me and my family, this is, she said, this is the best thing that ever happened in our lives since we've been alive. And so citizenship means a lot. And, I, and one of the things that I always noticed when people were there, people cried, people, um, you know, weep, people hug their children, because this was like a dream come true to them. And so I just feel like when, when people say, God bless America, you know what I always say, and I've, I've written this even at work, I put ED after God bless America, 
God blessed. God has already blessed America. Right. So I always write, I always I write it, I say, God bless America. Well, on the 4th of July, we everyone was sitting around different things. Of course, in the government, people don't like to say nah, but I did. And I didn't just say God bless America, I said God blessed. And I meant it. So we have a hard um, life, a lot of us, um, particularly certain ethnic groups and everything that have been persecuted for, for hundreds of years. However, we have a better life in this country than we have anywhere, we probably would have anywhere else in the world. But despite all of that, I'm saying all I have to say, even with that, even with this country being the place that people want to go, there's, there's a place I want to go even more than this. And I remember um, this movie that I, my husband and I like, I'm not going to say what it is, but at the end, this lady was so distraught. She didn't know what she was going to do. And, and somebody told her, grab the land that you come from because that's what you value. You value that more than you love anything, more than you even love me. And she was in love with this particular guy. So he gave her a piece of dirt out of the ground and said, here's something you, you, you love to your heart. You, you love it even more than you say you love me. And I think that's how we need to hold on to heaven like that. We need to love heaven more than we love spouse, more than we love um, living well, more than we love even being safe even, more than we love anything, even our children. And we love them a lot. He told that girl, here's something you love even more than me. And he knew that she was just head over heels in love with her. So we gotta have that same kind of zeal for our home, our land, which is, in, is not in this country, it's in heaven. We have a citizenship in heaven. Although we have one of the best citizenship on this earth, this doesn't compare at all to the citizenship in heaven. Jesus said, for our citizenship is in heaven. And this is reading from uh, uh, John, uh, I think it's 17. 17. Yeah. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the work in which he is able to even to do all things to himself. I'm sorry, that was Philippians 420. I'm sorry, a citizenship is in heaven. So that is clear where we belong, who, where we belong, where we're citizens, and we don't have to have any cards or any kind of application to get in it except be born again. We don't have to fill out any paperwork, we don't have to pay a thousand dollars, but people got to pay to become a part of this country. We don't got to wait a many years, like the, my husband was saying. Yeah. First, I mean, I guess we have to wait. We got to wait as long as it takes for us to live on this earth, you know, but we don't have to be on any waiting list because we're already in the VIP section because we were born again. And I, in John 15, 19, it says, Jesus said to them, if you were of this world, um, the world would love you as our own. Okay, no, I'm, I'm going to skip around. I'm gonna, okay, skip that. Okay, I'm going to go to my second point, which is when we have a home, we have a leader and we have a heavenly king. Okay, Jesus is our king. He's the king of kings. So I know somebody said to me one day, oh, what's going on happen with this? And what's going to happen with that in this government and everything? And how, what are we going to do? And everything. I said, I don't know what you're going to do, but I got a king and he doesn't live at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I have a king. I have a king of kings. I got the leader of leaders, the, the, the one and true only one. We got to put our mind on that king because even though we're like I said at the beginning, we're in this world. We're not of this world. We don't belong to all this foolishness that's going on. That people, everyone is, is, set, is so polarized because they all want to be on a certain side for something that might happen, might last four or eight years. And what? You're going to completely just change your entire um, way of, of, of being, entire way of thinking, and 
entire way of relationships. And I've, I've got folks that don't speak to one another because they don't have the same political viewpoints on stuff. And, and, and Christians, and shame on them, because nobody that, that sits in, in any office on this earth is our king. We, got, we have a king. And Jesus prayed that, that he would, that we would be set apart from that. In John 17 and 20, he said, I did not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. They will be one as we are one. Father, uh, you, Father, are me, and I am you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I've given them that they may be um, just one, just as we are one. I am them and you and me that we may be made perfect. I think I might have read that one already. Okay. Okay. So he also says, Father, I desire that the day who you gave me will be with me where I am. Okay, he wants us to be to, to come home to our country, that they may behold my glory, which you've given me before you love me. Once you see him on that throne, there's nothing that you're gonna that at all in this earth that you're gonna even remember at that point because it's gonna be so glorious. Oh righteous father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known you uh, that you sent me. I have declared them your name, and I will declare it and love them, which you love me, and I be in them, and I in them. Sorry, messed that up. Okay, and he said his kingdom is not of this world. He said, because if I was of this world, John 18, 36, my servants would have been fighting that I may not be delivered to the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world. So we've got that pretty well established that we're not in this world. And we've got to really, really, really work hard not to get caught up in, in, in all this worldly government type stuff. I mean, people got their own viewpoints, people have their own points that are that they care deeply about issues that they care deeply about and i think and i think everyone can have their own issues you know one might care about the environment my one might care about feeding the hungry one might care about the unborn one might care about you know certain racial ethnic issues or you know issues of gender or women issues or something like that and i think the vote is okay with us does someone want to say something is someone saying something can y'all still hear me? Somebody acknowledge so I can know that I'm still being heard, please. I can hear you. We can hear you. Okay, y'all Okay, good. I heard somebody say something. Muffle. Okay, good. I didn't know if someone was trying to ask a question or something. I know. Okay, so. Family, you muffled, though. You muffled. You are, it's, do you have two phones off? Do you have two phones together? No, I don't have anything else up, but let me see if I can dial back in again because I'm using the on-screen um, phone thing. So if when, I yeah, when, when you have when you have a phone and a computer near each other, they create they they create an echo. No, they're all off though. Everything's off. I mean, the phones are all off. I'm, I'm completely only on the computer. Yeah, the phone's a dial tone. It's, it's just dial tone on the phone. I don't know if something's being done, but let me just dial in. And, okay, let him talk, and I'll, I'll try to dial back in. Back in the early 2000s, uh, me and my wife, we went to uh, England, and we visited London, and it was a, quite an experience. And one of the things that I've studied in school was uh, royalty and cultures and stuff like that of other countries. And I noticed that we got a chance to go. Wait, hold on. Can you guys hear him clearly? Can you hear Terrence clearly? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, this is, it was muffled, so I don't know. Can any can everyone hear Terrence clearly? Can someone answer please? Yes. Okay, yes. You can hear him. Can you still? Can you? But you still. I'm still sounding muffled. I can hear you. Is, does it sound clear or is it muffled? Because if, if, if I need if I need to, I'll get on the other phone. It's just a, these cordless phones run out, and it's kind of. Can you? Is it still sounding muffled when I'm speaking? It's better now. Okay. Now, as I was saying, as we, when we were in England in September or the year that we went there on our honeymoon. And we went inside, we went there at the same time that Queen Elizabeth and her family was in Edinburgh, which is the other palace that they vacation at, where all the royal family members go there twice a year. So we went inside Buckingham Palace to make it short. We went inside, we went to visit the room where the queen uh, or the king at that time knights all of his subjects or persons worthy to be knighted at that year. And when I went, we went through those halls, you should see how beautiful the paintings are on both sides, the long corridors. You go, you see beautiful, magnificent paintings. And then we got into the room where the, the queen knights you and all that, and they give you a, a, a medal of honor, they put around your neck and all that stuff, and knights you and name the queen and all that. God save the queen. But when I heard the voice of the Lord that evening, he said, that is not nothing compared to what is up in heaven to being crowned by the Lord Jesus. That's the earth's way. Mine is to put a crown of life on the head. Okay, I'm still gonna dial back in. Tell me, I don't know the quality of what I'm saying and I don't wanna speak if I'm not being heard, heard clearly. Who can hear me clearly? Because if I need to dial in, I'll do it. I can. I can. Is it still muffled? Okay, let me go back to what I was saying. So you sound much better. Okay, so let me go back to point two, where I said that um, I, I started off talking about a citizen being citizenship being in heaven, and I also went into the fact that um, Jesus said that a lot, and he said we should look up, set our minds on those things. But what, and we're not of this world. What I, a key point I'm making right now is that. Because we are not of this world, the world is in a political uh, turmoil right now in, in the United States because it is very, very polarized, very divided. As Christians, and I even wrote a book about this, we can't afford to be like worldly people. We have to have a mindset that is biblical, that is heaven-based, that is Bible-based, and that we don't have to... I mean, it's going to be impossible for us to do everything for the, the, the way Jesus wants us to do day by day, but we, we certainly should try. And if we have things about ourselves that don't agree with the Bible, we do not get on this, any one of these teams and say, well, we're just going to lobby for this issue that even though I know God is against it, that I'm going to ask him to, we're going to join a group that, that is for this particular thing or against this particular thing. I believe the Lord is is not opposed to us having issues that we that are dear to our hearts. Some people care a lot about gender women's issues, and and, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people care a lot about racial issues. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people care a lot about the unborn. Nothing wrong with that because all these things are important to the Lord too. Some think people care about poor or feeding the hungry or any of those things, and there's nothing wrong with you caring about any of those issues. 
but not to the exclusion of what the Lord says about any issue. And um, so I believe that we can care about things. We can stick up for things and speak on behalf of issues that we are that are important to us. But we don't have to um, not be a person's friend because they have they may have a different issue that that is important to them, and we have have to have a, happen to have another one. We don't have to not be somebody's friend because they have different political views than we have. Because as Christians, at the end, there's only there's going to be only one. So it doesn't matter. There's no parties in heaven. So I've got people in my family that are staunchly one political way. Somebody staunchly another political way. And this love, we love each other dearly because we're family. And the same thing in the body of Christ. But we got to make sure that we keep it biblical. We got to make sure that we don't put, we don't get bound up in just in these, all these crazy fights because we, we, we can just fight a lot. You know, I got stuff that's important to me. I don't talk about it a lot, but sometimes I do. But I talk about it with people that maybe, you know, care about some of the same things. So I think that we should just put our minds on our, our heavenly father. And he said it in his word that we should set our mind on things above and not on the things of this earth. Because the things of this earth are temporal, but the things of heaven are eternal. So he prayed for us. He said that we were not of this world. We have to function as we were not of this world. We have to stay out of the all the arguments that um, may be even divide us as believers, because we're all believers. And so if anybody should be on the same team, it's all of us against all of them. If you want to talk about parties, okay? So I take it back, maybe there is some parties in the spirit realm and even in heaven. There's people that made it in, and there's people you go look down over that edge and see the people down there. They're, in the, they're somewhere else. So we're all on the same team, and we're all together. And so we don't have to agree on every single thing, but we agree that we all love the Lord Jesus Christ. We love each other because the Lord told us to, and we can kind of live like that. But because we're not of this world, Jesus said that. He said, because you're not of this world, that you're going to go through certain types of tribulation. Okay. In the last days, Jesus said that be not deceived, because he said before he left, he said there will be great, massive amount of confusion will be in the world. Massive amount of violence. Increased expedient technology. Uh, we want, people will be getting richer than they could ever imagine. And their hearts are not after God. They're after people that are dead and gone on dollar bills or platinum or whatever they call it. And the Bible also says in the last days that they're going to heap up great riches, extreme great riches. And then when Jesus come back to rapture the church of Revelation chapter 4-1, they're going to be left behind to deal with all kind of chaos. And when the day of judgment comes, after the, after the rapture of the church takes place, not the second coming of Christ, the rapture of the church, uh, when he comes back, he said they're going to throw all their gold and silver in the street and said, I was chasing the wrong thing because it profited me nothing. It's going to be worthless because I believe at that time, money won't matter at that time because the world is going to be in, and the world will be in total chaos from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. And it's all fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus said all these things are going to take place. He said, unless they take place, the Son of Man cannot return. Okay, so in Philippians 3, again, the theme of our citizenship being in heaven. Um, Paul talks about that, and um, I'll go back to one scripture that I love because it's really about, I feel like it's kind of like my life story at times. 
He, in Philippians 3, verse 12, he says, not that I've already attained it or I'm ready, already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself having apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us, as many are mature, have this mind, and if anything, anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this even unto you. Nevertheless, listen to this, this is what I just said. To the degree that we have already attained it, let us walk by the same rule and let us give the same mind. Doesn't say have the same party, doesn't say have the same race, doesn't say have the same gender even. It says have the same mind. Because we because we belong to him. So we, we need to be of the same mind. Then go down to the next verse. 17. Brethren, join in following my example, Paul says, and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. He says, we can be your pattern. You can use us as, as somebody that you can kind of look to for leadership and an example. And we have people like Dr. Black and we have other Christian spiritual leaders. I have my husband in my home. I have people that I know that would be good leaders so you can look towards them if they're in Christ. Verse 18 says, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you weeping, he says, he's crying. I'm crying sometimes too, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. Sounds like a lot of people in political power. They don't, they don't, I don't think you can get to the very highest levels without being an opposition of, of to Christ. Because I think just getting there, you have to do a lot of things that are, that are ungodly. So he says that they, he calls them enemies of the cross. He says, for many walk, back in 18, Philippians 3.18, for whom I have told you often and now tell you weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is their destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. They want to get richer. They want to get this political fire. They want to be on TV. They want to be, get this next Oscar nomination. I mean, there's entertainers too that is in this group. But in 20, he says again, our citizenship is in heaven. For which we eagerly wait for the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working in which he's able to do all things to himself. So he says that our citizenship in heaven will be hated by the world. But he also says that when we're hated, we're blessed. Luke 6, 22 says, blessed, blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you. Oh, that's happened to me before. And revile you and spurn your name as evil. And many times falsely, and you got, everybody that's targeted knows what that's like on account of the Son of Man. And that's who it's because of. I've heard somebody say, don't even take it personally. It's, it's, it's him that they, don't, they really don't like because they're of the devil. So why would they like you when, you, when Christ is in you? So of course they're going to hate you. Matthew 5, 10 to 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely. There it goes again, evil against you falsely. Hmm. Rejoice and be, I think I used, and maybe I got a different version, but this says rejoice, rejoice and be glad. The other one says rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for your great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets before you. I can tell you one thing. I'm I don't I'm not good at rejoicing and being exceedingly glad when I'm under persecution. Wish I was. My husband's better at that. <laughs> 
he knows how to just, you know, be calm under fire. I sometimes I say, Lord, I'm not exceedingly glad about this. And I've, I've literally said those words, I'm not exceedingly glad. I'm exceedingly sad, I'm exceedingly crying, I'm exceedingly, you know, uh, upset, I'm exceedingly angry. You know, so I said, Lord, just help me, show me how to be exceedingly glad. And he'll tell me that I can sing a song, and I'll do that. I'll just keep giving me a song to sing. Some songs I just made up, and I'll sing those songs. And that, that does help a lot. And it helps to know that you have something better to look forward to, that we don't, we're not here just for permanent residency. <laughs> we're here temporarily on a visa, and we're going back home. So 1 Peter 3, verse 17, as we're suffering, I like to remind people of this one, for it is better to suffer for doing good, meaning being in the cause of Christ. If that should be God's will, and it is if we're going through it, then for doing evil. No, I, I, when he said if that should be God's will, I know what he meant, because my husband talks all the time about it's good to suffer for the Lord, but don't suffer for foolishness. What do you mean by that? Yeah. What I mean by that is that when we when we take a firm stand on the gospel, when it's a situation like Paul, like Peter and Paul, when they told them, the Pharisees told them, do not preach in this dead carpenter's name. Do not teach in the temple. Do not teach in the square. And, they, and then Peter got up and said, Rather it be right or wrong with man, but we are charged by God to preach the good news. We cannot keep this good news contained that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. So they took Peter and them and they beat them in a square, 30 lashes, to make them an example. The Sanhedrin was supposed to be the children of God, which they supposed to be, but they were bought out by the love of riches and money of this world. But then at the same time, here's another person. They go run up a lot of bills or something like that. And they're suffering financially. Well, that's not for righteousness sake. You just didn't make the plans, the judgments, or you know you did something that you're supposed to be doing and you're paying the consequences for. Those are two different kinds of suffering. One is for Christ will be rewarded with the crowns of life, one of the five crowns you earn. The other one is consequences for poor choices that we make. So every kind of suffering is not of the Lord. Some is of our own doing. Or choosing, and then some, and what we what we go through that God allows us to go through when we're in a righteous stand, when we're standing on something righteous, not in pride, but in humility, not through us, but through Him, not that we be glorified in anything. Paul said, "I boast in nothing, but I glory in the name of Jesus Christ, and I suffer." But then He also says, "If I, if we, if He also says that Christ was raised up in glory." And we should be raised up to heavenly places. That's what Paul said. So Paul, when he's demonstrating, I'm not suffering because I want to. It's the calling of God mandated on my life. But the suffering Paul did prior to that was of his own doing. That was not of the gospel. But after he went from Saul to Paul, now he took on the mind of Christ. His suffering, his transformation was complete. Now, it wasn't complete, but now he was on the, on the winning team, which was Christ, because he was on the world team with Caesar. But then he got on the winning team with Christ, and now the things that he took a stand for, which we're reading and examining 2,000 years later. So that's right there is your uh, that is your that is your um, that is your uh, confirmation right there that anytime we suffer, we're doing the same thing Paul did. But there's two different kinds. One is for the Lord to be rewarded, and one is for foolishness to be rewarded with the negative things in life. Those are consequences. Mm -hmm. 
And then also in First Peter, it says that even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. So have no fear of them, no, no be troubled, meaning those who are causing you trouble. I mean, you're going to have fear. I've had fear. And, you know, I think everybody that is in the sound of my voice has been afraid sometime in their life. Being a Christian doesn't mean, first of all, it doesn't mean you're not going to suffer. Because you're going to, you're going to suffer. You're marked at, the, at that point when you became born again. Um, it doesn't mean that you're going to never get sick. And that, that prosperity gospel was just really just horrible. Telling people that if they believe hard enough, they'll be rich and right. they'll never get sick, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, there's people all through the Bible that suffered. Right. I mean, the, the apostles suffered, people suffered, and people did not um, become immune to any hardship because they became born again, which is, and I, when people preach that, it's very sad to me when they do that. Um, because we know we're, we're all born again and we have suffered and, and continue to do so at this very moment. Um, but the good part, the last point I want to make, which is kind of the happy ending of this point, my fourth point is that first I said that we're our, we're not of this world. We're, our citizenship is in heaven. We will be hated by the world. Um, we, we have a heavenly king. And the, the last part is we are being transformed. So even in the midst of everything that's happening to us, we have no idea how God is transforming us and making us better. And I'm gonna keep trying, making it better for trying to be better. I'm mean, not trying to try, asking God to help me to become better until He gets here. And I remember driving one time. I was going to do something that I thought was a great value to me, dealing with some issues that I had in my life, and I think we all have them. But I was on the way to something dealing with that. And I said, you know what? I'm just doing everything I can, Lord, and I know I'm good. And he's, and I, just, it just came to me that I was driving. I said, even if I die right now in this car or if this crashes or something. I'm gonna have died on the way to try to get better. I'm on the way to still working on this thing to the last minute even. I just wanna be better and I wanna spend days working on things that I know that need to be addressed in my life. And I'll say it again, I know I've said this point before, but I'm gonna say it again. My husband told me one time, if you look at all the people that died and look at any graveyard, all those people, not all of them, but many of those people didn't do something that you're doing right now. They did not address what they needed to do to keep growing in Christ. It's like you're never going to really get there because I don't think there is any arriving to, to be completely um, Christ-like until, until you are with Christ. Because every day is going to be a journey to do more like Christ and you're going to mess up and you're not going to do the things he wants you to do that day. But you should be working every day to, to move towards that thing. And if you got something wrong, don't let it stay in your life. This is the thing that I don't like about a, a lot of even political arguments. They'll say, well, supposing somebody is a certain thing that we know that the Bible doesn't say. And supposing that's how they feel that they're just supposed to be that way or something. Well, I feel I'm supposed to like tell people off sometimes. Does that mean I should do that? Because we got some family history of people doing to tell folks off. So it's probably it's, there's probably something genetic in here when I'm really snibby and when you know when I'm you know irritable quickly or anything like that because I had a parent that was like that. So that means there's probably something genetic. But does that mean because there's something possibly genetically predisposed that I should just say, well, yes, I'm predisposed to just going off on folks. Yes, I'm just predisposed to you know having short patience. Yes, I'm predisposed to being selfish because, you know, my mother and father was like that. I'm just using that as an example. They, they, they weren't. But my point I'm making, even if you feel like something is just in you, if it ain't in the Bible, 
you, you, even if you don't conquer that thing today, you should be renouncing it. You should be renouncing saying, you know what? I don't think it's really good when I have a, when I'm not patient with folks. And you know what? I'm sorry if I wasn't patient with you. And I'm gonna work tomorrow to not do that. Not well, you know, we got an alcoholic gene in our family, so I'm just an alcoholic, and I'll just drink. I don't we don't drink in this time. I'm just using that as an example because people I, there's an issue, and I'm not gonna say it on the phone for the lack of offending anybody. But if you got an issue that you know is not biblical, start working on not being that way. Even if, if even if you can't conquer it today. You need to say, you know what? I know God doesn't like this this A, B, and C thing. And, and when we're Christians and we don't agree with people being in, in ways that God does not want us to be, we're not mean, we're not insensitive, we're not uh, not politically correct and all that stuff. We're just saying what the Bible says because we have to say it about our issues too. So our issues are issues, but we don't have to keep staying in them. We can renounce them and move on. And we gotta renounce it. We gotta say, you know what? It's not right. Well, I would have said that if Paul was when Paul was on the road in Acts chapter two, I believe on Paul, no, Acts later on in Acts chapter eight and nine. I'm sorry, it'll, it'll come back to me. Paul, when he was on the road to Damascus, what happened through that was a transformation to transform life from being an enemy of God. And a lot of us, when we were in the world lost in sin, we didn't realize we intended. Now, Paul was an intent, he was intended on being an enemy against God, directly toward God. And that's why Jesus visited them directly on that road to road to God. So Jesus said, okay, if you want to openly challenge me, I'm going to open and I'm going to challenge him on that road to Damascus. He knew right where to meet him at on that road. He was big bad Paul on that horse. But something about Christ, when he knocked him off that high horse, he fell on his ground. He realized that he and he said, Lord, what would you have to do? He was kneeling down to the to the presence of Almighty God. And God at that moment, not even on Ananias, when he went into uh he went into uh Damascus and he was baptized by Ananias, who was a devout Christian too in that area in that sect, um, and he knew that his life was being transformed forever. So he went from serving Caesar on that road when he started a road, the end of the road, he went to being a champion chief apostle and evangelist and you look at what he fought the good fight kept the faith fixed race and now laid up to hell now how do you do that who can who can transform a hard-hearted person like paul and if you look at that story when paul was on the road to masses paul was a very ambitious person but he was a very he was a very angry vengeful person too same time but how did he go from being saul this tough bully man that wanted to make an example out of lord and he even dared god to do something to him well later down the road he did it he knocked him off that horse and he was on his ground he was so astonished the bible says he was astonished at the power of god now was he astonished when he realized that he was not serving god because they had lied to caesar for many years say he was god on earth but he found out the real god was really ruling reigning in heaven and so when he was, when he had that transformation, God turned his life. And the reason why I said that is because God is the old, Jesus is the only one who can transform Amen. somebody's Amen. life That's if right. they want to be transformed, right. if they want to be. If you don't want to be, he's not going to make it. The Bible tells us God is not the beggar of our soul, but he is the lover of our soul. Mm -hmm. And so Paul saw this opportunity and he took it just like the thief on the cross. Think about the thief on the cross. 
his, oh, that was his last time to say, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kids. That was his last time. He wasn't going to see them all day. That was the sunset right there next to Christ. Paul looked at that opportunity he was on the ground. This might be it because God could easily struck him down in his sin. That would have been easy for God. But God then looked at the issue. He saw something deeper inside of this man. And he said, if you look, and Ananias was inquiring the Lord, he said, Lord, I've heard this man has done much harm. But God said, I see something deeper in this man's heart that you cannot see. Mm -hmm. And he's a chosen vessel of mine, and he will suffer many things before the Jews and the Gentiles for my name's sake. So he said, he's going to suffer for my name. Don't take it personal. He was an enemy. Now he's your brother right now. And God transformed And the Bible said immediately, Paul went out and preached Christ in the square. And the people were started, was this not the man that came down to arrest us and put us in chains? And now all of a sudden, he's our brother in Christ. How did this happen? How does this happen? How did this happen? Only nothing... God, Jesus Christ is the only person can transform right. your life right. and give you a new beginning. And he'll throw your sins in the sea of forgiveness and can never be brought up against you anywhere again. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And that's why he died for us. That's all I'd say. Amen. And I think transformation is an important thing. Um, thank you, Donna. The Bible in Romans 20 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by the testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and accept on purpose. Now, you can be transformed. And I and I feel like every day I'm being transformed. Today I'm like, oh man, today I'm just not transformed again. But I, I just say, Lord, just help me. And he does. And I think it's good to say, Lord, you know what? I need help in A, B, and C. And he's happy. Oh, he's happy that you acknowledge that you need to work on things and that you need to be transformed. And he'll, he'll help you. Uh, Colossians 3 and 1 says, if you then were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, mm -hmm. where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above and not on the things of this earth. For you died, your old man is dead, you knew life in Christ, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Mm -hmm. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Wow, we're going to be, we're going to appear with him. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming for the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you're um, able to put on all these things, anger, put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, your mouth, do not lie to one another since you have put on the old man that was deep, and put on the new man who's renewed in the knowledge in the image of God who's created him, when neither is Greek nor Jew, nor circumcised barbarian, sinner, free, slave or free, but all in Christ. So we've got to like work on these things. We've got to work on everything, and everybody got something to work on. I think I need to, you know, some stuff I know I need to work on. And I think that there's people that need to just step up for Christ and be a little more, um, what's the word? Because in the last days, we got to be tough. We, we got to be tough. Me and my husband laugh all the time. And I know y'all see this. If you watch monster movies like Godzilla or something or just anything, there's always some woman in there. She has on high heels and she runs and falls down. And then the monster eats up her and her husband or whoever the male is always with her. And I'm say, I always say to my husband, my husband says, he's, when he says it to me, he's glad I'm not running to fall down girl. I said, I'm not running to fall down girl. I'm not the girl that run to fall down. Because in the last days, not only do we have to be obedient and, and, and understand other people's feelings, but we gotta be, we got to be resilient. we got to be able to, um, you know, stand up for ourselves. we got to be able to, to 
speak boldly in the name. And then sometimes it's not, um, it's not convenient. It's, it's scary. But we can't be like some old scary cat type people and work for God. Look at anybody who did anything significant for God. Paul, Peter, all of these people, some of them weren't even educated, but they spoke with boldness. Okay. They spoke with boldness. Even people that were stutterers, I think, who was it that stuttered in this guy? Oh, Moses. He, look what he did. He went to the Pharaoh and said, let my people go. I've seen the Ten Commandments, I don't know how many times. I've seen them like hundreds of times. And that man was not, he was, he didn't go, um, sir, um, would it, if it was it's not too hard, would you let my people He said, let my people go. I'm liking that. And I'm liking, I don't, and I can tell my husband, I'm not going to be one, run and fall down, girl, in the movies. I said, if me and my husband get chased by a monster, we, we're going to be battling that monster together. We watched an episode of Heart to Heart. We love this show because it's a couple that's always together. They love one another. They have such a great, wonderful life. I know y'all probably seen this show with Stephanie Powers. And so they're always in, in there fighting with somebody's trying to kill them or something all, every episode. And we, last night, um, there was the one where the guy, this big old gigantic guy that looked like a lurch off the Adam family, was beating up Jonathan. And he was hitting him and he was going to kill him because he he's a huge guy. His wife was trying to find somewhere to, so she kept picking up these little, these plaster statues and she would hit the guy over the head with the plaster statue. And the thing, the guy was so tough that the plaster statue would break and he was still, she, he was still killing the lady's husband. She found this other statue that was made out of gold and she hit him in the head with that and knocked him out. But what she didn't do was sit there and go, oh, somebody's beating up my husband. What am I going to do? I mean, in the last days, I hope we're out of here. I'm not, I'm not hope. I know we're going to be out of here before the tribulation. But we don't know how bad it's going to get before the tribulation gets here. So that's why I work out. That's why, I mean, even if you can't work out, if you got, if you have to use your voice to be bold for the Lord, um, this is why I believe that we have a really good ministry together because we have complementary gifts that my husband knows that I can take over if, he, if I had to. I mean, I'm clearly not the preacher he is, but that he knows if he, something happened to him that I wouldn't just perish and be, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to live? He knows I'd carry on if he was in, uh, sick or he was in the hospital or something, or if he was on life support, and I had to yell at the doctor to make sure that his, his care was getting right, he knows I would, I would yell at that doctor. I mean, you know, I mean, in, in extreme cases, I'm still trying to be transformed. But, and at the same time with me, I know that if there's things of me that I have to tone it down a bit, I say to him, is this too hard? Or then he said, yeah, you know, you, you know, you can do this, that. So we got to be utilize what the gifts God gave us, but be able to stand firm, stand firm and, and talk, speak up for Christ. Speak up. Speak up for, for Christian values. Don't be, don't be ashamed of the gospel. If somebody asks you about Jesus, says, yes, I'm a believer, or just like I did that God bless America when everybody was going around on the 4th of July on email saying, happy 4th of July, God bless America. I put a big old thing on there saying, God blessed. And then T.J. Hardy, some people put that on Fridays. See that Friday, I said, I put a big old G. I said, thank God it's Friday. I'm not going to just put G on Friday. Because I want people to know who I, who I belong to. You know, so, and I want them to know that when I mess up, that I'm asking my God to forgive me. So we got to just, in the last days, we got so much work to do. Dr. Black is just extraordinarily courageous. And somebody that I get a lot of um, encouragement from. Because I know she's in pain just about every time I probably talk around the phone. I mean, probably all day long. Does she sit around there and say, oh, and sometimes she says she's doing these things to me, but does she stop doing anything? No, she keeps on going. 
She keeps doing her work. She keeps ministering to y'all. She keeps taking calls from people while she's getting targeted or she's being pinged and pinged and pinged and pinged and pinged. I didn't realize, I didn't realize until yesterday she took calls from, from new uh, TIs that, that don't know where to go. And she sits there and spends time talking to them too while she's in pain. So that shows tough. That shows resilience. You know, but. I want to read this one thing. I didn't mean that. I'm not trying to preach for my wife, but I felt like led that I should read this right here. And this is in Revelations chapter four, and this is chapter four, uh, verse number eight. And this is John the Revelator. This is the throne room in heaven, the throne room. Now I mentioned earlier, my wife and I, we, by some kind of, I guess by the grace of God, the Lord allowed us to go inside the Buckingham Palace. I didn't have no desire. I wouldn't plan on going inside. It was completely unplanned on our itinerary on our trip. But it was all the Lord inside and everything. We saw the throne room we get knighted. But I want to read this right here. Revelation chapter four. This is John the Revelator. And he's getting instructions right now. Chapter four and right at verse uh, number eight says, Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who is and is and who was and who is to come. Whoever the little creature, now watch this go down right here in number 11. You are worthy to receive glory, honor, and power. You've created all things, and by your will they exist, and you created. And number five says, and I saw the right hand of him who sat on the throne with a scroll written inside in black seals. Watch this, where he says, and no one in heaven on earth, under the earth, were able to open these scrolls. So I wept much because there was not no one worthy to open the read the scrolls that it was. Number five. But the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of Judah, the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed and opened up the scrolls and loosened the seven seals. And behold, it was an old watch this right and he went down right here. And it goes down to uh, go down to number 20, go down to seven. And he came and took the scrolls out of the right hand to him who sits upon the throne. And he took the scrolls and all these things. And a lamb, watch this, and go down to number nine. You are worthy to restore and open the seals, for you were slain to redeem us to God by your blood. And every tribe and every tongue and every people of every nation have made us, you have made us kings and priests as God under you, and you shall reign on, on earth. And watch this right here. He says right here, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and honor, and strength and honor and glory and blessings. And what he was saying in this right here is that this is called, this part is called the new heaven and new earth. Well, John Revelator is telling them that the real king that all the other kings, well, let me say this to you right now. I'm going to say this in humility. I've been in quite a few palaces in Europe, my wife and I. Oh, I just like to tour and see history, you know. What? But I'm not impressed by none of those people because all their bodies died and they corrupted, went back to the ground and they corroded. But the Bible says when Jesus died, his Bible, his body didn't see no corruption because he got up three days later and he fulfilled the will of God. And so why am I saying this right now? Because the only thing that we should be completely sold out to and focus on right now is, is Titus 2.13, looking up for that blessed hope, that a glorious appearance of our Savior. Now, we know that we saw 
And then 27, 20, verse 21, early 21 said, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven was passed away, the other and the earth, of the first heaven passed away, the first earth passed away. And they were no more seen. The reason why is that is because there was a war in heaven and Lucifer started, and he took a third of the angels down with him to, to back down to the face of earth. Jesus, I saw Satan fall like lightning now from heaven to earth because he tried to overthrow God. And then on the earth, there's been much bloodshed, war, killings, murders, everything under the sun since the disobedience of Adam and Eve. So God says, I'm not going to allow these two to exist because when it gets to a certain point, I'm going to create a new heaven and a new earth and my people shall never be put to shame. And then Joel 2 said, my people do, that's the restoration of things that we lost in life. Rather be here on earth, I don't know how God is going to do it, but he's able to do it. Amen. And Amen. also in Revelation 21, he says that the dwelling place of God is with man in this new heaven and new earth. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be um, with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and every death shall be no more. Neither shall be any mourning, Amen. nor crying, nor any more pain, for the former things have passed away. And he who was sitting on the throne said, behold, and making things new. All things and he new. said, write this down. These words are trustworthy and true. And the Bible says also in Revelation, the lamb will lay down with the lion and it will study war no more. So we know Amen. that we have, we know we have something great to look forward to. Amen. Just to close. Amen. We know that, our, that we are not this We don't have to be bound up in all the, the worldly discussions and disputes because we have something bigger and higher to look to. Amen. We know that we have a heavenly king who is the king of kings. We know that because we're not of this world, we're going to be hated by this world. And Jesus said, because we're not of this world, because I took you out of this world, the world hates you. Right. So it's okay. He loves us. Right. And then at the end, he says we're being transformed. So we do have something wonderful to look Amen. forward to. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I have a blessed hope. A blessed hope. Let me read that. What is it? I know the plans that I have for you, say of the Lord. It is not, you may get scratched and you may fall down and cast down, but not forsaken. But let me read that to you because when God put that in there, He's not just talking just idle words. When He speaks, He's speaking prophetically. And He's speaking, He said, it's an abomination for anything outside the truth to come forth from my mouth. I can't even speak about, I can't even speak idle words because his mouth is only truth and righteousness. For I know, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the five thoughts that I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. All right? And then uh, he says right there, God has plans for every one of us. And that is not to stay here and get all confused and uh, discombobulated or, or disappeared or dismayed by all the things on earth. When I see all these tragedies, I pray, but you know what I say? Jesus is even closer than we think. Yeah, he's, at the he's at the door. Because he said, look, if you go back and Jesus said, it will be as in the time of Noah, where the earth will be replenished, but it will be refilled with violence. As, and the Bible also said that it came, the deeds of Cain slain Abel was multiplied. So this is a spirit of murder that's going over the land. You know? So we got the politicians and we got the, we got the, the Democrats, Republicans, we need legislation. Let me tell you something. You can't stop demons in legislation. You better have the Holy Ghost. That's yeah. the only way you're going to arrest. You can put a thousand more things in place. I'm going to tell you something. 
If, so, if you if you put all the laws in place, you still got crazy people to use the car to, to, to run over and kill people. You understand what I'm saying? That happened in Germany. You had people that used this man used the truck and killed 50 people. He is right. He didn't have no gun. He used, you can use all kinds of weapons to kill people. But if you ain't rooted and anchored in the name of Jesus, you are you are just like an island out there getting ready to go on the sooner later. You know, you got to be rooted and grounded and sold out and committed, sold out the holdout until he returns. Now the Bible tells us that. Now we may have started the race in a bad way, but I'm gonna tell you something. The prize is not just given to the first one to get over the line. But everybody that crossed over that finish line, that's what Paul was talking about in 2 Timothy. That everybody, there's a prize laid up, a crown laid up for everybody, all those who love him, that crossed the line. If you look at the New York Marathon, the Boston Marathon, the Atlanta Peach Street Marathon, all these people, they give their prize to one or two or three people. But the race that we're talking about, that we are in, it is a race that everybody gets a prize if you endure to the end. And if you quit, the only way you can be disqualified from this race, if you're like Judas and you go and walk and you're so filled up with despair, filled up with things of this world and hating God, what's going to happen? You're going to depart from God and you're, you're going to go into a burning hell on a scholarship. Amen. But we don't want that. We want to go into God with grace and glory with honors. If you look at Joshua 1, Joshua was a rebel. He was a hardcore rebel. He was, he was a hard person because he had a hard life in slavery. He had, he had one of the toughest jobs that slaveries do, and that's chopping, chopping into marble images. That was a hard job to do. That's not like carrying a pick of cotton, or it's not like pulling bales of, of grain or something like that. That is one of the hardest jobs is that your hands get off the lights and doing that kind of work. It's so harsh. The work is so harsh on your hands. But anyway, I just said this, be encouraged that when you see all these things happen at one time, Christ is one. We, you know, we, my grandmother used to say, we're in the last evil days. We are went into the last evil hours now. We are past the days, the seconds, the minutes, and then all of a sudden, our clock, it runs out, and that's it. Christ is here before we look. And then you notice when he says this, I'm going to come as a thief in the night. I'm not telling nobody nothing. We'll just be ready and look up. He said, I'm not telling you so you can walk there and sit until I come back. <laughs> he said, no, I will come back just like Santa Claus. When he got Santa Claus, we know that's a fiction thing. But he said, you don't know what time Santa, you know he's coming down the chimney. But we know, but that ain't true. That's fiction. And we've been taught that. But now we know what Jesus is saying. He's coming in the sky. But the reason why he's coming in the sky is because he says, yeah, I got to be in the sky so the whole world can see me from the position that I come in from the earth. And when I scoot that eastern sky, everybody's going to see the Son of Man around the whole globe of the earth. They're going to, because he's going to be so huge that the whole earth won't miss him. The sky will be completely saturated with angels with him. And when he tear open that sky, oh, what a day it's going to be. It's going to be, as the Bible says, the great and terrible day. It's going to be great for the Christian, but it's going to be terrible for the ones that cursed him and rejected him. 
Can I get an amen? And I'm done. Amen. I'm done. That's all I need to say. Thank you all. And uh, again, it's our honor to to be able to serve this ministry. And Dr. Black, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Black. God bless you. I keep telling Dr. Black, I said, I'm not a preacher, but I'm just, we're right here for you. And uh, we'll, you know, whatever we can do, we're going to try to fix some stuff on our schedule. But it's our pleasure. So, and with that, we'll close and turn it back over to the moderator. I'm going to just turn this down. Thank you so much, everyone. Amen. 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 Thank you, Mr. Amen. and Mrs. Wilson, Minister Pam, and Pastor Terrence, for your inspiring message reflecting the words of the Lord. Amen. Now, let us listen to a praise and worship song celebrating receiving the message. The invitation to discipleship will follow, and Sister Kim will offer it.
We are at the point in the worship service where we will offer the invitation to discipleship. If you are on the call tonight and you desire to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please remember Jesus loves you. He is in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of the road. Some steps to take on the road to salvation. Admit you can't save yourself from your sin. Be willing to repent and turn from sin. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. Invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Pray the prayer of salvation. Dear God, I know I'm not able to save myself from sin. I know I'm not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Unite with Refuge from the Storm Church or a Bible-based church in your local community. And start reading the Bible. And email us at mdrace321 at gmail.com. That's mgrace321 at gmail.com. Become a member for prayer or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. Amen. Thank you, Sister Kim. Now it's time for our final praise and worship song today, final remarks and a benediction to be offered by Reverend Milson will follow. He's pouring himself
Hallelujah. I know the plans I have for you. Only God knows them, and that's what's so good about it. We were told that there are those who can peep into our future and seek to halt and to block what God has for us. But I believe that God reserves in his mind the true plans that he has for us. And we're so grateful for him and his love and for the the message and the messengers this afternoon. Pastor Terrence and Minister Pamela, thank you so much for sharing with us and encouraging us that there is indeed a place for us to go at the end of this life. And while we are in this world, I heard, I think, first from Pastor T.D. Jakes a message that he preached many years ago, and it was entitled, Hallelujah, anyhow. So in spite of all that we go through, the hurt, the pain, the frustration, the um, the many, many ways in which our lives are being threatened, our health is being threatened, we still come together each Saturday afternoon and each Wednesday evening and Wednesday through Friday to pray and say to our Father, hallelujah, anyhow, anyhow. Thank you. Thank you very much. I won't prolong the time this evening. Uh, We want to get right on over to the time of prayer for those of you who have been uh, waiting patiently for that time to come. So I'm going to to issue the the, uh, benediction, and following that, any who desire prayer, our, our call will be 
uh, the recording will be stopped or paused, and we will go right into prayer. So from the book of Jude, chapters, uh, verses 24 and 25, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. If the recording can be paused. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.